Balotelli. Aguero! Lewandowski goes through it again! Oh, he just can't do it! You just cannot be that good! That is an amazing goal! I think he's scored a goal every time he's had a shot. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another European edition of the 50 Plus One Football Podcast, where we're taking a look at the quarterfinals of the Champions League. But with me, as always, is a man as inevitable as Man City somehow continuing to win. It's Lewis. Succinctly put, I know how much how much that costs you. How much it costs you to say that. Trust don't, don't worry, Bill. Your, your, your sacrifice will not go unnoticed. Anyways, we will have a look at if Bayern can turn it around against PSG, even though PSG are playing at home. If Dortmund can do the unthinkable and beat Man City as they look so close to be doing in the first leg. And we also have a look at Chelsea versus Porto. Is that tie really done or as done as people say it is? And if Real Madrid are through as the for the first time in five years. Without further ado, Bill, which match takes your fancy first? Shall we start with Bayern PSG or PSG Bayern? Uh, we, we, going in chronological order again, I love it. Um, I mean, overall, you have to say, you have to say that PSG just went through because they took their chances. And I mean, if <laughs> at the end of the day, that's all football is. If you boil it down, I'm always going to argue that over two legs, Bayern probably were the better team, but they just didn't take their chances. But I mean, as we debated last time around already surely the team that takes the chances is the better team. Yeah. I, it's a difficult one because I saw something on after and it was, oh, well, if they had Robert Lewandowski instead of Max Eric Maxim Choupo-Moting and if they had Serge Gnabry instead of Leroy Sane, who incidentally was utter trash last night. He wasn't really, or he isn't particularly productive in the first leg either. So, pfft. But it was like, he just, they, yeah, he, if they'd had he those players, they would have gone through. I was like, well, that's like saying if United had Ronaldo, Messi and Neymar, they would have won the Premier League this year. It's such a... Is it though? It is, because as, as, as good as they are, there's no guarantee that they do any different. Yeah, but here's the thing. I'd say that analogy is a tad off because unlike... Unlike United, Bayern actually do possess those players. They were just injured. Yeah, all right. <laughs> no, I, I, I get your point. But it's that sort of thing. Well, you know, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a, a good time. Fair enough. I mean, it's not like the, the chances weren't there. I mean, even without Lewandowski and Gnabry, they they produced them at least in the first leg, you know, the second leg, funnily enough, turned out to be the exact opposite with Neymar alone hitting the woodwork three times. Um, and also Noya making a brilliant save. And if you look at the second leg, just as one match, Bayern were the better team. They won one nil and they had pretty much control over the whole game. 
which is why it gets me a little bit when uh, Neymar says, you know, in the interviews, you know, Kimi, he, he said they would win and he said they wouldn't, they, they, you know, they would be better than us. And it's just like, well, in the match they were. It's just that, you know, because of the away goal rule, PSG kind of squeak through. See, I, I, I'm inclined to disagree with you. Not just because I know it will get a rise out of you because you're a Bayern fan, but because as much as Neymar infuriates the hell out of me with his persistent diving, let's call it showmanship. Showmanship is it? Di- diving. <laughs> it is. Spade is a spade. I think yeah. over the, the two legs, Having Danilo Pereira having to play most of the first leg and all of the second at centre-half when it's not his natural position. He did amazing. Dagba. You know, Kingsley Coman was very was highly inefficient. You know, any crosses he did put in weren't great. Yeah, in the second leg, the first leg, Dagba didn't have a clue which, was, which way was left, right, and centre. No, that's what I mean. In the second leg, he vastly improved on the first leg. Yeah, you know, to, to win that without Marquinhos, and the fact that Keylor Navas has never lost a two-legged Champions League tie, ignoring the fact that he's played for Real Madrid and PSG. <laughs> I mean, well, I'll play devil's advocate and say, did you have a look at the Bayern bench by any chance yesterday? I did, and I thought Javi Martinez coming off for. Two promoting was a very bold move from the German national team's new manager. Ignoring that little side comment there, because that's going to trigger me into, you know, more of the same from last, uh, from the last normal 50 plus one football podcast episode. I'll, I'll just read out some names from, from the Bayern bench yesterday. Josip Stanisic. Never heard Maximilian Zeiser, Bonasa, Nianzu Tanga Nianzu Kuyasi. Is that the one you signed from PSG? Yeah, cool. The talent that's been injured for virtually the whole time. Alexander Nube for goalkeeper, and then Javi Martinez and Jamal Musiala. Arguably, Bayern only went into that match with two possible subs. The rest were literally just there to fill FIFA requirements. Yeah. It's not great when you look at it. They were talking yesterday. I think it was... I think it was Ian Dark on BT. But they were talking very much as to what you spoke about on... Monday's episode just gone about Hassan Salihamidzic and the signings yeah. that he made not being that you know good enough for the first team. It's like, well, you look at uh, Bonasar. It's like, come on, he's he's barely good enough to get in any of the top half in the Bundesliga's teams, let alone a Champions League quarterfinal side. I, I mean, you're preaching to the choir there because, in all honesty. I know you said, you know, you have to take into account that Corona was a problem, but I, I'd argue that even for a Corona transfer window, that Byron transfer window was, for lack of a better word, shit. I mean, the 
best thing that came out of that was probably Leroy Sané, and he disappeared in that in in both legs, really. The thing is, the problem with Sané is he gets himself into these perfect scoring positions, and then the shot that comes off off the end of it is just it's this weak little kick. It, it's not There's just, just no end product. He had th- uh, probably three, maybe a fourth one, where he could have played it back to Super Moting, to Thomas Muller a couple times, actually. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, he just doesn't. He goes for goal, goes for glory, and it just wasn't good enough. If I was Thomas Muller, I'd have him by the throat in that changing room. I mean, it's hard to argue. It, it was hot. It was painful to watch as well because Thomas Muller and Joshua Kimmich wanted it so badly, but everyone around them just wasn't on their. Oh hell no! On their level, but I'd, also argue, but I'd also argue Kimmich was a shadow of the great player we've seen over the last eighteen months because you know he won twenty eight percent of his uh, uh of his battles, which is. That's not good at all. His pass distribution was a lot more side to side than, you know, depth or into the deep areas. Muller also, he always got himself into the good positions, but always it was like a, like, it felt like a centimeter was missing on the end of his foot or, you know, that just, he came that second too late or he was that second too early. And as you probably said, the rest of the team. I mean, I'd argue Boateng and Hernandez probably had their best games in a Bayern shirt. I mean, the way Hernandez had not only Mbappe, but Neymar as well in his pocket for most of the game, I think says it all. Because if there was a if there was a duel between those two, then it was Hernandez always winning it. The only times Neymar and Mbappe were threatening was when they took on... Davies and Pava, who both players just, they did not have a good time in that match yesterday. They were very, very far off the, off the form that won Bayern the treble in 2020. That's the thing. You, you say Boateng played well. I think Alaba played well, but they're also, it's like a case of them playing in the shop window. Boateng being told he's surplus requirements and can just leave. And David Alaba is obviously leaving as well. Potentially, yeah. I mean, I'd ar- I'd argue that Boateng had a much better game than Alaba. Alaba didn't really do much. But yeah, I yeah, I guess you could argue that. But one what one thing that? I did notice. Yeah. When yeah. you talk about Kimmich's pass distribution being more sideways, that's because there was very little movement off the ball. Like it, it yeah. was less Bayern Munich, more eighteen sixty. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm. Hard pressed to argue with you there because it's, you know, Kingsley Coleman had a, he was very, very, it was like an A for effort game for him, from him. Like he was definitely trying his hardest, but he had, he always had three guys around him and he was very, kept very ineffectual. Leroy Sané, as you said, not on it. And Chupo Muteng, save for his goal, he disappeared in that match as well. That's the thing. He is the enigma up front for Bayern, having been relegated with Stoke. It baffles me how he then moves to PSG and then moves to Bayern. 
Because surely, what is he on? A one-year contract? So he'll be off at the end of this yeah. season as well. Yeah. Fuck it. Barcelona next? Because they've got no money. <laughs> He'd give Braithwaite a run for his money. Oh, I forgot about mine, Braithwaite. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Middlesbrough, Christ. Middlesbrough, absolute dog shit for Middlesbrough. <laughs> Him and Rudy but get I- dead up front. One thing I think we won't be able to get away from is the fact that Neymar and Mbappe are in a league of their own. Well, they were over those two legs. I, then there was not one player on that pitch who probably came. Like the only one who came close to them was their teammate Di Maria. Now, no one on Bayern had that good of a game, and you just have to you just have to accept the fact that Neymar and Mbappe are two unbelievable footballers. It's good that they're start that it's good that Pochettino has got them playing in this in the same setup and arguably he's got Neymar to agree to be the understudy again like he was at Barca which is a little bit ironic seeing as he did move away from Barca to get out of Messi's shadow and now he's in Mbappe's shadow but I think if you asked anyone who they would rather have Mbappe or Neymar I think bar the people that are trying to be different, 90% of people are taking Mbappe. Obviously. And it will be interesting. Mbappe is much more effectual and is Neymar. Neymar is just, he, he, he still puts on too much of a show with his diving and that. I'll be honest, that did get to and me a little bit miss. yesterday. Oh, he's hit. Yeah, and he's hit and miss. Like he produced when it came down to it, but he's also, you know, he, he's also got a ton of red cards for the fact that he's an attacking player and a ton of yellows as because he's a little bitch on the pitch. I'll tell you what Mbappe also doesn't do. He doesn't disappear for his sister's birthday every year since the 2014, 15 season. All right. For always conveniently out with an injury. Yeah. I'm injured or I'm suspended boss. If I knew he was one game away from suspension before his sister's birthday, I just wouldn't play him. Oh, trust. Keep him on and then play him like literally on his sister's birthday. Like at this point, it's just... I'd make him do double training sessions. <laughs> but then again, he he was good last night. Yeah, some, some people have said that he had probably the best no-goal game ever. I mean, he hit the post twice. Three times, actually. Three times. That's as close as you can get. I did think he probably should have scored when Manuel Neuer, you know, you know, slid and took the ball away from him. He probably could have got there a bit quicker, but... That's just Neuer being that's, Neuer. Yeah, that's just Neuer. Any normal goalkeeper doesn't do that. I was about to say, any normal goalkeeper ends up facing Neymar in that position, but... Yeah, I mean, Sky Germany said it, did it, or basically said it themselves... They put out a ranking of uh, of of grades from one being the best and six being the worst. Most of the Bayern players were hovering around a three. You know, Hernandez got a two, Boateng got a two, um, Sané got a five, but they were hovering around threes and fours. Neuer was the only one who got a solid one. And, you know, he showed again yesterday why he's such a good goalkeeper. And that it's just, you know, that one mistake in the first leg just... It, it kills you to watch because it's just like, oh, it's such an important mistake to make, but, or in, a mistake in the most important time. 
but you know, that's just football. One last thing before we move on from PSG Bayern, and that is because this is a very great topic with you. People celebrating things like it's a title win. PSG fuck, did it. Fuck, they fuck, celebrated like they, they celebrated this freaking win like it was the Champions League final reloaded. Okay, I hadn't seen that. But I said before this, I you know, I just want them to beat Man City. Now I'm partly inclined to just want City to batter them purely for celebrating like they'd won it. Like, yeah, okay, the, fine. Celebrate the, on the pitch like Neymar and uh, Leandro Paredes in front of Joshua Kimmich. That was a bit of shithousery. I'll, 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 I'm inclined to take it because Kimmich was a little bit verbal in the uh, in the pre-match press conferences. But yeah, okay. if you say stuff like that and then lose, it's kind of you're asking for it. But to yeah. celebrate, like you said, as if they've won the thing. They were dancing on the table in the dressing room, like spraying. I don't know. They probably got champagne bottles in there. I... Oh, yeah, I'm gonna say this. It's it's small club mentality. Like you can tell they've clearly never won it before. Yeah. And also, I'm gonna be completely honest with you right now. If you're asking me which match I would have rather won, um obviously the final. This is a you know a drop in the bucket compared to the that last game. And that last game, Bayern just deserved it more. Yeah, again, I can't argue with that. In the other game from Tuesday's round of matches, Mehdi Taremi scored an overhead kick in the 93rd minute. And that was pretty much it. Yeah. What a goal, though. Oh, great goal. But it's just a boring as hell match. You know, Chelsea just, Chelsea have become this team that just play boring football. I mean, that's Thomas Tuchel. Because it, I haven't, I didn't watch a lot of him at PSG, but the Champions League matches I did watch were very boring. Like the two games against United. Yeah. Granted, they won one of them, but it was still, that was a case of one team being bad, not, you know, picking and unlocking teams. I think it's the five at the back that does it. Yeah, yeah. It's something about it, but I mean, there was nothing noteworthy in that match except that overhead kick. Banging goal, but it didn't do much to the end result. That's fine. The only thing you have to say is, the only thing you can say is uh, Chelsea for the first time in seven years back in the Champions League uh, semifinal. Well, shall we move and see who they're going to potentially be facing? Oh, yes. Nudge, wink, wink. And in an equally... (laughs) In an equally dull game. Boring as hell game. I Real Madrid. We had, oh, we had a debate Madrid. at work today. What game are we watching today? So, oh, Someone said, oh, I fancy uh, a Liverpool comeback, so I'll be watching that. It's like, God, I hope you enjoyed your night. <laughs> if, if that comeback had been on, Salah would have done so much better with that chance he got it right at the beginning. But Yeah, I think when you miss something like that, you just know it's not going to be your night, is he it? He puts it right at Courtois. Courtois, you don't have to... You could have put any goal. You could have put Marvin Hitz in there and he would have saved that. I don't know. Marvin Hitz is quite special. 
as we will talk about in a second. But uh, yeah, so Real Madrid make it through. Real Madrid and Chelsea, two very dull games. And we know that that's the tie. Who do you think will progress? Real Madrid. Now that was very quick. I was about to say, that was a very, very quick answer. You did not think twice. That was very quick, but I genuinely, they do just have a better squad. I think if they can keep players... Really? if they've Casemiro, Luka Modric, and Tony Kroos in midfield are miles better than Kovacic, Jorginho, and at the moment, Mason Mount. And then you've got... Oh, I don't know, maybe Vinicius, Asensio, and Benzema. I, it's, it's tight because... Well, what was Chelsea's front three yesterday? I'll give you some. Pretty sure it was Havertz. Havertz, Mount, and Pulisic. Oh, wow. No recognized striker. Yeah, but we've seen ha- that Havertz can play that number nine position. He did it last last year at um at, for Leverkusen. So, uh... oh, it's also worth remembering Sergio Ramos is probably going to be fit as well. Is he? He just got diagnosed with COVID, didn't he? Did he? I missed that. I know he was injured, but he was he was on course to be back fit for the semis if they made it. But now, maybe yeah. not. But anyway, yeah. I still think Real Madrid have got a little bit too much for, for Chelsea, especially some of experience. the... Experience. Yeah, experience. And some of the games that Chelsea have lost this season, when you say that, some of the games Real Madrid have lost this season. Exactly. And we also have to say that, you know, Chelsea, the only game they've lost under Tuchel was down to them falling apart when they went down to 10 men. So arguably, if Chelsea can keep all their players on the pitch, that might be a very tight match indeed. Yeah, but Real Madrid do have a... What's the word? They have a bit of a reputation for being quite... uh... Sneaky. Yeah. You know, I'm talking Sergio Ramos on Mohamed Salah. <laughs> putting him out of a final in like the first like 20 minutes. Fair enough. Fair enough. But then should we move on to Dortmund versus City? Because you had a bit of personal bias riding on this one. <laughs> I don't know why I bother expecting them to lose. I really don't. Leeds. Hey, it looked pretty freaking them. good the first 15 minutes. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, okay. First 15 minutes, it was like, oh my God. And then the minute they scored, they sat back. It's like, what? You, you've got another perspective on this. And we will hash this out. But that was just another case in a long list of Borussia Dortmund pressing their own self-destruct button. What on earth is Emre Chan thinking? I mean, yes, the ball, it comes off his head first, but your arm is the same height as your head. Of course that's going to be given because you've made your body bigger. It barely touched his head. So even if his arm was down, it was still going through. So I think it was Gundogan. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm in complete agreement. You know, agree he had a penalty, he had a penalty given against him in the first leg that was overturned, but still. Learn, man. I said this last week. He's not he he plays in a multitude of positions and he's not very good in any of them. He he scored that one 
ridiculous goal for Liverpool against Watford in his last game for Liverpool. And that's pretty much about it. He wasn't very good for Bayer Leverkusen. He wasn't very good for Liverpool. He was dreadful, got god-awful for Juve. And I'd argue he's probably even worse for Dortmund because that's like three games I've seen him now cost them the game. Sorry, rant over. Jude Bellingham will be a future England captain. That's all I'm saying. The guy to be playing like he did at 17 is unfreaking believable. I think that's the best game I've ever seen from Jude Bellingham in a Dortmund shirt. He should go to the Euros. I think he has to. I mean, he scored his first Bundesliga goal. He should have scored last week, but I've said my piece on that. His oh, goal yeah. tonight was unreal. I mean, Edison at full stretch can only sort of fingertip it into the corner. Oh, it it was such a great goal. Such a great goal. I mean, it, it's just a shame that, you know, his his one of the greatest goals he's ever scored is probably he's just, you know, turned into nothing. Because if we're being honest, after the penalty penalty went in, it was already going to be a long shot. And after Foden scores that questionable goal. Um, yeah, it was pretty much over. I don't understand it, though, because they started so well. They were so positive and progressive in the way they took the game to City. They okay, scored, where I'm, yeah. and then they just packed it up. Here's This is where I'm going to tell you, yeah, I'm going to agree with you. Yes, Dortmund pressed the self-destruct button because they said after 15 minutes, we're going to try and sit back and defend a 1-0 against Manchester City. That is the dumbest thing you could probably, you could probably have done in that situation. That being said, Manchester City are just one. They're just a number too big for, for, for Dortmund. They, plain and simple, they were. Ju- they're just too good. And at the end of the day, that that's that's what happens. And you know, if if you try and defend a one nil for seventy five minutes against Manchester City, you're going to get you're going to get punished for it. And Marvin Hitz is one of the big reasons that Dortmund probably will not win anything in this foreseeable future is that if you have a goalkeeper who makes mistakes like that, it's just not nice to see, is it? You should just be keeping that out all day. I'm a a big fan and a big advocate of uh, Edin Terzic. But when you've got Roman Berkey just sat on your bench, this this isn't like the first mistake Hits has ever made. He makes, yeah. on average, probably like two a game or something. Whether they lead to yeah, goals probably. is is different. But some of his passing tonight, there was just one, he just sort of chipped it over his defender straight to Riyad Mahrez. It's like, what are you doing? Oh, but- no, it's a, it's an absolute shit show. Like, some of the times it's just... You, you seriously question how Dortmund have, have managed to get those two goalkeepers. I mean, they've got two Swiss goalkeepers. Neither one of them is the number one of the Swiss national team. It's just... Uh, it, yeah, but then again, they had the same with Roman Weidenfeller, you know, Germany's number three. Yeah, Dortmund just never have had a top-notch goalkeeper. That being said, top-notch goalkeeping... You have to say that Weidenfeller in the in the Champions League final 2013, that was pretty unbelievable. He had a 
very, very good performance in that. So I'd argue Bidenfeld is probably better than either Roman Berkey or Marvin Hitz. But for Dortmund to really progress to that stage of top team in Germany, like, you know, solidify their position as top team and not a team that can slip into the Europa League's places like they have done, they definitely need to get themselves a top-notch goalkeeper. And right now, they bet they're window shopping for goalkeepers, but the problem is they're looking, as Dortmund do so often, for goalkeepers that they can make into top-notch goalkeepers, not goalkeepers that already are top-notch goalkeepers. They're looking to some, I don't know, some Czech guy or so. It's, it's just, you're just asking yourself, it's like, oh, he's the Czech Manuel Neuer or something. It's just like, well, if he's a Czech Manuel Neuer, he must not be that good. I don't know. It's, it's baffling. Hits but, must just yeah. have pictures of Eden Tersic, like naked or something, or cheating on his yes. wife. Yeah. It must be something because I cannot conceive of the mind of a manager that would look at both of those goalkeepers and go, I know I'll place the Swiss number third, number third, yeah. the Swiss third choice keeper yeah. in a Champions League quarterfinal. Roman Berkey being out for however long he was out, injured or not. He played the weekend, so it's... Oh my God, see? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. You're telling me he does that Roman Berkey wouldn't do any better with that Foden shot. No, he definitely would. I mean, they still would have gone out anyway, but that's by the by. Well, that's a perfect segue into before we wrap this up, who is your pick to make it through the semifinal PSG or Manchester city? It's probably, it's arguably the more exciting of the two matches to be played. I think I said, I said to my brother while, while I was, while we were watching it, this sort of half of the champions league road to the final. It's given two final level games. And the actual final is just, unless it's Real Madrid against PSG, it's going to be absolute dog. Yeah, it's going to be one side as hell. Oh, imagine if it's Man City Chelsea. I think I might weep. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, w- I won't watch it. I would not be watching it. Uh, it's just a Champions League final that you just don't want to watch, really. It's like the Arsenal Chelsea Europa League final from a few years back. No interest in that whatsoever. I don't know. Uh, genuinely, I want to say PSG and Real Madrid. But Ooh, knowing, think, uh... Man, knowing Man City <laughs> and how this season's gone, oh, they, they are just going to win all four, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> I can't do yeah, the unbiased I... thing when I'm talking about stuff like that. I said it to you already. My hopes on them not winning all four rest in the hands of Tottenham Hotspur and Paris Saint-Germain. And I can't cope with it. I really can't. That is a depressing thought. That is a very depressing thought. What about you? Let's move away from my depreciating mental state. Genuinely, I don't know. I'd probably say... I would have pegged Chelsea to go through, to be honest with you, because I think Chelsea still have, or they they have that, they, they for me are the dark horse to win the whole thing. And I just think Real Madrid, they've been so hit and miss this season. And Chelsea just overall, like I still think Chelsea even have a squad to rival Real Madrid. So I think Chelsea might actually be able to do it. And I'm going to peg, 
my heart said I, like I don't I also don't want Manchester City to you know win more titles than Bayern Munich in one in one calendar year. That's just my bias going through. So I want PSG to go through, but then again, I also don't want PSG to go through because the way they celebrated that quarterfinal win is just nah. I don't know. I'd say phew, could have a Manchester City Chelsea final to be honest. I don't think we should talk for a while. <laughs> Well, on that note, <laughs> oh god, we'll probably we should probably end it then. <laughs> Not head oh, in no. my hands. But as always, <laughs> as always, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to AT Sports on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and make sure to head over to AT Sports, or better said, the Fifty Plus One Football Podcast on. Google Podcasts, Spotify, and our RSS feed to check out some of our older episodes. They're always good for a laugh. But thank you very much for listening, guys. Keep calm. Love the beautiful game.